We are back at it with the latest installment of the Campwire podcast. My name is Kyle Winkle, and I am your humble host for today. As we welcome you to this podcast, Halloween is just around the corner, so we hope that you and your family are gearing up for a wonderful holiday season. Today, we are talking about facial recognition technology at summer camp. This is a hot and trendy topic in the world of camp these days, especially after the Washington Post published an article, As Summer Camps Turn on Facial Recognition, Parents Demand More Smiles, Please, released on August 8, 2019. The article raises questions and concerns about technology, but also touches on some of the advantages from a parental standpoint. The New York Times also re-released an article called How Photos of Your Kids Are Powering Surveillance Technology on October 11, 2019, which further feeds the conversational fire. Today, our hope is to bring you a roundtable discussion of diverse and fresh insight on the topic from three totally different voices who all work as camp professionals. We will get into intros and questions after this. Wow parents and empower your staff with MyCamp app. My Camp app is the easiest way to share photos and videos privately with camp families. More than photos and videos, My Camp app also includes tons of other features that makes communications with parents more effective. My Camp app is a secure, easy to use, and affordable solution to get your camp a customized mobile app. Check it out at www.mycampapp.com. Welcome back to Camp Wire. Uh, today I'm going to introduce you to our three wonderful guests that we have for today. First off, we have Darby Dame. She is the Director of Communications and Marketing at Camp High Rocks, Inc. in North Carolina. She has an evolving opinion on facial recognition. We're going to touch on that a little bit later. Her camp does not use it, but it has used Lightroom in the past for photos. Darby, thank you for joining us today. How are you? Thank you. Good. Excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, next, we have Larry Johnson. He is the owner and director of Camp Skyline in Alabama. He also served as the current president of the Camp Owners and Directors Association, other known as CODA, for independent camps across the United States. And he is pro facial te recognition technology. Larry, are you ready to talk about this today? <laughs> hey, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having us. And, you know, let's throw it out there and let people decide whatever they want to do. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that attitude. And lastly, we have returning to the podcast, Mr. Sam Hurt, who is now the director of marketing at Camp Tecumseh YMCA in Indiana. Uh, he is against facial recognition both personally and professionally. And he is also the one who pointed me to the New York Times article. So Sam, I thank you for that. And what's it like to be back on Campwire today? Um, I don't know yet. I'm not used to being the one to answer questions. So, <laughs> um, so far it's, it's nice. Awesome. I didn't have to do any of the prepping. There you go. There you go. Well, I'm sure you'll be great as a guest and it's going to be great to have you back on uh, kind of in a different role. So I'm excited about that. So let's go ahead and jump right into the individual questions. Um, this first one is for Larry. Larry, when we spoke on the phone, one of our many things that we that interested me about um, what we were talking about was your attitude towards facial recognition technology and how that actually changed. You mentioned that you were a skeptic at first, but now you're a huge proponent of the technology. Can you kind of walk us through how and why your perception is different today than what it was initially? Uh, sure. I, actually, the, we had a presentation of this at one of our national conferences for CODA, and the company that we use now, uh, Waldo, they presented, and 
I just kind of blew it off. I'm like, yeah, you know what? It, I don't think it's going to work because our girls have face or face paint, shaving cream. They're running, you know, they're wearing helmets. It's all kind of, uh, it, I don't, I didn't have faith in the technology. And then they came back last year and sponsored our conference. And, and as part of their sponsorship, they used the, the, uh, program to take pictures of the conference and then you know all of a sudden i'm getting notified hey we found you having fun and i looked and it found me in pictures where it, it took me a while to find myself and i was really impressed with it uh, with the technology so i decided to you know give it a shot at camp and the the biggest thing it did for us was and i don't mean to sound cold-hearted or anything the, the bottom line is it gave parents proof of life uh you know when their kids go away they're they're terrified uh, if you hadn't seen from them, seen them or heard from them. And so by a parent getting notified when they get the pictures of their camper, it just gave them uh, some relaxation and let them relax. And then, and they still went through all the pictures, but uh, first and foremost, they had their camper and it just made them feel better. And we had a lot of parents on closing day come up and say, you know, I don't care what you add or change at camp. Don't change Waldo because being able to see the pictures of our daughter was you know, just made our whole day better and much more relaxed. And so it was a customer service move on our part. Absolutely. And I'm sure that made uh, parents happy. And sometimes those can probably be the hardest people to make happy when it comes to summer camp because they're missing out on spending time with their kids. So that's great. Thank you so much, Larry. This next question is specifically for Sam. Uh, Sam, when I asked you for your opinion on re uh, facial recognition technology, you mentioned that you were against it both personally and professionally. As you lead Camp Tecumseh's marketing initiatives, can you touch on why you prefer to stay away from the technology? Sure. Um, I will say that I'm, I'm, when I think about being against it, it's most, mostly from a professional standpoint that's specific to how things are operating at Camp Tecumseh. Um, my, my, and when I'm personally, the things I'm pers personally skeptical of, um, Tecum I have no idea if the others at Tecumseh are feeling the same way I am. I just, it's my own personal thing. But I can tell you that um, as far as our, as, as far as Camp Tecumseh's um, sort of marketing and media, we're really fortunate that we have a media team in the summer that consists of multiple um, summer staff to take thousands of photos, almost you know, probably over over a thousand every day, mm -hmm. and are uploading them to Smug Mug three times a day. Um, and because of that, parents are all over our Smug Mug, and they're searching, searching, searching. So getting one of these um, companies, yeah, could, it could really um, provide direct customer service for these parents, but. My biggest goal for our Smug Mug is not just to make the parents happy. It's to show the entire story, the entire picture of camp. Um, and the best way for, for that to happen is for them to see all the, have to click through the photos. And um, if, you know, this is not, we don't look at the photos as a part of what they're paying for. It's an added um, feature that Camp Tecumseh provides. Um, so I, um, yeah, I, I, there's, I guess there's a, there's a balance between providing customer service and then being beholden to their uh, the parents' uh, desires to be closer to their kids constantly. 
Yeah, I, I appreciate that input. And from what I know about what you've told me about your camp, I can certainly see why um, you're kind of looking at the debate this way. So um, I can appreciate that for sure. So thank you, Sam. And then lastly, we have a question for Darby. Uh, you initially mentioned that your view on facial recognition technology is evolving. And I can totally appreciate that. Um, and that it heavily depends on the size of the camp itself. Um, would you mind elaborating on your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so at my camp, we do not use it. So we put out um, between 300 and 400 photos a day. We have 165 campers here. So maybe each kid's in three photos, maybe not, you know, depending, but roughly, I mean, averagely, that's probably close. Um, and so for facial rec recognition, in, with a bigger camp, my kind of thought process is smaller camp. Like I'm going in that I want everybody to know the story, just like Sam was talking about. Like I want everybody to know that carnival happened, even though your kid maybe wasn't in a photo in carnival evening. Like I want them to know that's what they did. And there was face painting and there was shaving cream. And with the facial recognition technology, you might not get that because they don't, if their kid's not in a photo of that singular activity, you don't see it. Um, but then that's for my small camp. They're only going through 300 or 400 photos a day. Um, and we upload them pretty much all at once at night, but they're only doing that once a day. But once you get started getting into the 1,000, 2,000 photos a day, the time it takes, and if you can have them uploaded three times a day, that's a definite benefit. But you also look at your demographic of parents. Are most of them working throughout the day? Like, what does it look like? How often they, can they actually check that site? Um, at that point, are you losing, are you, you know, are you doing a disservice to your parents because they're searching through 2000 photos to find the 10 photos of their kid from that day, the time that it takes them to search, like what is the, you know, benefit of, you know, showing your story? Can you show your story in a different way that they read every night? So we write a blog every night and it is pretty intense and pretty descriptive. You know, we try to use a lot of just like descriptive words that really can kind of tell the story. And so maybe for us, facial recognition, if we used it, we wouldn't maybe necessarily have to tell the story in those a thousand photos they look through. So I think it really depends for me, a lot of factors, but a huge one is the size of your camp. Are they going through 2000 photos a day to find the 10 of their kid? Are they even going to go through them at that point? So I'm, I'm on like, I totally understand why you would use it. And I also get why you wouldn't. Um, so I really think it's up to each camp individually to kind of decide what's our camper size. And let's look at all the other pros and cons that mm -hmm. might go in there. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Darby. I, I love the, the element of balance that you uh, bring to this conversation. So thank you for sharing your input on that. This message is brought to you by Waldo Photos. Waldo delivers photos to camper parents using our proprietary facial recognition software. Our features include a camp admin dashboard and camper photo tracking, a highly rated iOS and Android app system, matching photo alerts sent via text and app notification, brand filters and auto hashing of photos for instant marketing, a free web gallery, and more. Interested? Check out Waldo Photos at waldophotos.com. All right, now. Now has come the time to dive into some of the more general questions of the podcast. So I'm going to kind of um, lay down the topic at hand and then 
we can kind of dive into it as ever whenever we see fit. Um, so one of the things I would like to talk about is that parents sometimes pay a lot of money to spend their to send their kids to camp, naturally giving them this sense of entitlement with their kids' security and happiness, kind of going along with what Larry said, proof of life is super important. One way for the parents to ensure that their kids are doing well while at camp is to be able to see the daily photos from the camp. Uh, that kind of expectation can really put a lot of pressure on the camp media person. Um, what are ways photographers in these positions account for all kids at camp and keep an even playing field? Larry, uh, do you mind if we start with you? I know you mentioned something to me about one of the services that Waldo has for that. Yeah, and uh, just you know, to kind of clarify, like I said, I, I agree with both the other guests. You know, we, we don't do this strictly because of parents say, so, hey, we want to see it. When we started doing this, it cut our camp uh, phone calls by about 90% just because the parents were, were relaxed. So it's, it you know, helps us on the back end. Well, what we get, a, uh, it keeps track of how many pictures each camper has been recognized in. So the first thing our photographers do in the morning, they come in, they log in, and they pull up and you get a, like a, a printed or not printed, but a, a like an Excel spreadsheet that has the campers and how many pictures they're in. Then when we can invert it to where it jumps to the lowest end and then they'll go and find those bottom 20 campers and say, look up their schedules and find them today and shoot them first uh, before you head out doing the, the regular rotations uh, to make sure we can get the campers that, that uh, may not have, they may have fewer pictures. Mm -hmm. and, and I tell parents, I said, look, campers are like, you know, if you're a turkey hunter, campers are like turkeys. If they don't want to be seen, all they got to do is just slide off into the woods when you get close and you'll never know they were there. Mm -hmm. So some of them make it hard to find. And some of them are like the Kardashians. They jump out every time they hear a word camera. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you try to avoid those. But after about three or four days of, of data, you can look and see which camper has 26 pictures and which has eight and you go and you focus on that lower end uh, to help keep bringing everybody up. Yeah, I think that's a really great idea because I have no idea how uh, else they would keep track whenever they're using that kind of volume of photography. Um, Sam, at Camp Tecumseh, is there any kind of way that you guys monitor um, what kind of photos you're taking and who are in those photos? Ours is, yeah, um, um, there's no way to monitor the end result at the end of the week on who, how many were in what. Um, we have a photo philosophy that we put on our website that I recommend for our parents to read. Um, and we, we're a large camp, so we're going to get this. It doesn't matter what we do. We're going to get calls about this, um, <laughs> this topic. And I've gotten some very interesting and to put a polite um, phone calls. Um, but the, the biggest thing that we do is we, we, we kind of say, um, there are going to be more photos of girls because we have more girl campers. Um, there are going to be, we have two separate villages at our camp. And we, we also say, you know, one of those villages, there are going to be more photos there because there are more campers in that village. Mm. Um, at, we, I train the media team to take as many photos of as many activities and as many different cabins as possible um, with the hope, and typically it works out this way, that we can cover the absolute most in a given week at camp. Um, but yeah, there are tons of kids who want their picture taken. I couldn't tell you how many times I've had someone tell me or someone on my media team, 
um, that their parents told them that if they were in a photo, they'd give them a dollar for every photo they were in. Mm. Um, I've, I've always, I've joked that maybe next time I hear that, um, I can like try to just take, have our team take a thousand photos of that <laughs> one kid and get that kid a scholarship somewhere yeah. or something. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we do our best to cover everything. There are misses, but at the end of the day, I guess I reiterate, I'm, I'll let, you know, I'm not, if there's a customer service piece, I'm more concerned with the marketing piece, the telling the story piece. And so I want the activities covered. Um, I want what it looks like to have an experience at Camp Tecumseh. I want that to be seen on our our social media and our photo site. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's my main concern. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. And and, uh, before we started recording, I, I checked out Camp Tecumseh's website and just kind of looking through the photos. And I noticed that there was a really great level of organization behind um, the way that you guys do things, especially considering that you don't use like a certain kind of technology for that. So um, I was kind of impressed how you all stay on top of that. So um, uh, props to you on that. Um, and then uh, Darby. Well, we, well, we, sorry, we do use, we, we host our photos with Smug Mug. And okay. we do have some sort of a system within that. I think that's probably maybe what you saw. And so while we don't have the tech, like the facial recognition, we do use SmugMark to host the photos and to organize them by week and all, you know, activity and things like that. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, good. Um, it was very organized. <laughs> um, <laughs> Darby, Darby, how do you, how do you guys um, use, um, how do you guys kind of like, account for all campers uh, do you kind of align it by activity or the day maybe yeah. how, how does that work i wish i could say we were as perfect as using something like waldo because that just seems you know for definitely for this question like that is the answer um but we tend to we have one just one photographer one videographer and then a couple of other of us will get out there and like do some but for us we he sets on a like kind of he kind of figures out his own schedule and then we go over with them. And so we're just making sure we're rotating through different activities each, like, you know, first period, I might go to these four activities today, tomorrow, I might go to these four activities. So I'm, you know, so you're trying to rotate where you're going day per day um, Mm -hmm. to get them. You know, we found that our, our biggest question, our biggest phone call times, why parents would call about asking like, where's my kid in this photos when they were on a trip? especially like a three-day trip or maybe they went on a mountain biking trip all day and then the next day they went tubing in the morning and canoeing in the afternoon and the parents like I haven't seen a photo of my kid in two and a half days mm-hmm. and so we found sending photos on or like sending cameras on our trips um one that's an like why wouldn't you want to uh, photos of you know someone kayaking down a river like that right. is awesome content right there but it really helped lessen some of those questions or when people called we track where they our campers are so i'm easily able to pull up and say oh you're right you haven't seen any photos on him guess what he's been doing and the parents like oh my gosh he's been on a three-day hike that's so exciting we don't care about the photos so right you know we don't have a perfect system but basically it is categorizing where we went our photographer went yesterday making sure we hit those like hit different ones the next day Got it. Okay. That, that makes sense. And, and Darby, do you, do you have a on-site videographer? I remember whenever I went to your camp's website, I was super impressed by just kind of the video that I was welcomed with on the website. 
Yes, we do have, uh, we just have one during the summer. Um, The main one on our website was done by a company, but we have one during the summer so that uh, we try to post um, every other day, some kind of it pretty much a short 30 seconds or less like social media clip kind of something fun. And Mm -hmm. then once a week we will do a video highlight of that week that we send out. Okay. Very good. Awesome. Um, so a lot of you mentioned kind of feedback um, from parents. That was be, that's something I'd love to kind of get into. Um, first of all, what are ways that you all generally deal with parental complaints? And do you have any um, stories that might stick out? <laughs> I'm sure these guys are going to say it, but setting up expectations in advance. It's not going to be perfect, but that is one of the best ways to cut down on the amount of phone calls you get for photos. So if if you're going to guarantee one photo of each kid each day, setting that expectation up, most camps don't guarantee that. So Mm. guaranteeing that you're not going to guarantee that, you know, saying we're getting as many photos as you can every day, your kid's not going to always be in them. And then explaining um, some of those, you know, he doesn't like photos or so we're all boys. So we typically find at a certain age, they're ducking from every photo they can be in. Um, they're just, that's not where they're comfortable right now. And that, mm-hmm. that's okay. But so, you know, setting those, especially our first time parents, setting them in particular up in advance <laughs> with what expectations they should have about the photos. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps we get, I think, less and less questions every year as we're doing a better job of clarifying that and setting it in front of our parents. That makes sense. I, I tell our, uh, we have a new parent meeting on, um, opening day and I, I let them know we have the kind of the same rotation that, that Darby was talking about. We'll hit different activities, different, different days, different periods. So you don't uh, double up on them. And I tell them, I said, you know, if your camper has archery first horseback, second and ropes course, third period, it may be a day where the camera's uh, rotation is archery first horseback, second ropes course, third. And you think we're the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> and I said that morning you get pictures of them from all three periods. I said, you're not going to get any pictures of them the next day or two because we're going to be at different classes, at least, you know, for that part of the day. And so Darby's right, you know, letting them know if you get an influx of pictures one day, be prepared. You may be ready for a little bit of a drought uh, as, as they uh, rotate around. Mm -hmm. But one you said about stories and I had a, an email from a a gentleman. uh, It was a, a grandfather of a camper and he sent a very direct uh, email uh, and said he had only seen 12 pictures of his daughter or granddaughter and thought we should have a program in place to be able to get more pictures and surely we should have something, you know, to, to, to take care of that. And, you know, he signed it, you know, disappointed and signed his full name. And I was, I was kind of taken back. So I went in, I logged into Waldo, pulled it up and there weren't 12 pictures of his granddaughter. There were 32. And so I emailed him back, you know, with a little smug smile, uh, you know, very politely saying, Hey, I'm sorry that, uh, (laughs) you're having issues. If I'm currently showing there's 32 pictures of her, if you can't see those 32, please contact me at your convenience. I'll let me walk you through it. So you don't miss any of these opportunities. Right. And uh, within 20 minutes later, I had an email back from him saying, hey, Larry, uh, sorry, that was a typo on my end. You guys are doing great work. Thanks. And then he signed his nickname. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, it enabled us to go back and say, all right, how many pictures do we have of that camper? 
And uh, it, that was just an unforeseen benefit of the program. I didn't expect to be able to do that, but it was nice to know exactly how many times we did capture his granddaughter in, in a photograph. That is awesome. That is the best email response you could get. Oh, yeah. And I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I thoroughly enjoyed typing that email. And I was as polite <laughs> as I could be just to say, Hey, they're here, but his re his reply was was very uh, very nice, and so I, I was just glad he was able to see the pictures. I love the transition from initially sending the full entire name, and then the second time just sending back the nickname in the email. That's oh, hilarious. Yeah, it's, like we, it's like we were buddies. Um, yeah, <laughs> you earned his trust. That's for sure. Uh, Sam, any uh, any feedback stories or any kind of um, um, ways that you deal with? Um, complaining parents maybe throughout the week yeah i mean i'm it's the same boat we set the expectation that photo philosophy that i mentioned uh -huh. um sets all the expectations that they need um the biggest times i've gotten complaints they it's very clear that they've not read that which i don't blame them who who reads every aspect of everybody's website um but uh this summer at the beginning i was getting some calls early on and realized that our smug mug didn't have that photo philosophy so if they're going directly to our photo site they're not seeing it compared to our, our normal website mm -hmm. so i just added a link and immediately the calls went down um but you know i to, in my to be completely frank with you every call i've ever gotten about the photos is kind of and you know it's sort of ridiculous uh i'm happy to have patience and uh be with them but that's just not what we believe that's the our program is about is about their you know their kids being in photos so all of my responses are always very polite and i deal with them the best you know with parents complaints the best way we can and, and every time i've ever dealt with a parent so far it's there's it's been a positive interaction mm -hmm. at the same time we have the photo philosophy we're running the program the way that we think is the best that we can run it and um i uh uh, I'm, I'm not going to be in the weeds too long if they right. if that's where they want to be, I guess. Sam, do you ever feel like once those parents reach out to you with, um, you know, basically just kind of maybe complaining about how their kids are only in so many photos, do you feel like your response alone is something that just kind of lets them know that everything's okay, they just haven't made it into pictures? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I think all of it is they're, you know, they're, they're, so they're missing their kids and right uh, i appreciate that um but that's that's what sending your kids to camp is i mean that's uh the camp camp is learning how to be independent mm -hmm. and like all these wonderful benefits of camp part of that is being away from your parents and having that space that's why they're you know if if camp comes to decided hey for the for people who want to pay top dollar we're going to build new cabins and it's going to be parents only and then we're going to have observation areas at camp where parents can, like, we, we would have parents who would sign up right now to do that. I mean, we would make money off that, but we're not going to ever do that. So that's right. not what camp's about. Um, we're not interested in that. Um, so, yeah. I don't yeah. know if I answered your question. Yeah, that totally did. So, I, I yeah, I so appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, so you know, Larry, one, you know, you, you mentioned right off the bat, which I think is super important, is that one of the benefits of this thing is the whole proof of life, 
right? And even even though that may be different from Sam's excellent point of how it's important for the kids to be able to be independent, um, it, it, there's a balance there, right? Um, so, you know, obviously that's that's kind of your intention with using the technology, and I totally appreciate that. Um, I kind of wanted to get y'all's input on the financial aspect. Do um, is, is using technology like this, is this a source of revenue for camps? Um, and might it be a great option for, you know, those nonprofit camps who need uh, kind of an extra revenue uh, avenue, if you will? Um, what are your thoughts, if any, on that? Yeah, with, uh, we use Waldo. And uh, with Waldo, they donate 50% of their proceeds from the uh, parents that sign up for the uh, facial recognition and, and by the way with, with Waldo everyone gets to see the pictures you get the login code that's protected everybody gets to see them uh, you only have to pay if you want the facial recognition so they, they get and, and I haven't I haven't found any parents or a decrease in parents that look at all the pictures they still look at all of them they just do it a lot more relaxed mm-hmm. uh, but the parents that do sign up and pay for the facial recognition Waldo donates 50 percent of that uh, to our foundation and so it was, it was very nice for them and our, our foundation was very, and they give scholarships for kids. And that was a, that was a, a nice boost. Hmm. That's excellent. Yeah. So we, um, we have a, our, all of our photos are free. So we um, host our own on our own site that we've created. And so all of our photos are free. You just have to password to get into them and you can like, you know, right click and save them but you cannot download the high resolution version of them unless um, you pay for it. So it's $45 uh, for the family. So like two brothers don't need to pay 45 twice, you know? So the family is $45. Let's say even you go to different sessions, it's still just $45 and you'll get high resolution downloads Mm -hmm. of that. Um, And you can also contact us and we have even a higher resolution, like someone's trying to put their face on a blanket. We can do that. And so for us, that $45, it covers, it typically covers both our videographer and our photographer's salary for the summer. So for us, it makes it, well worth it um because again we're still giving you the photos for free you can still use them they're good for facebook they're good for social media they're maybe not good for framing in a bigger photo than like you know a four by seven Mm -hmm. so still totally have the option um a side note a camp in our area um they use bunk one who does uh, has photos as well Mm -hmm. and they have a slightly different, um, they used facial recognition this year and had some interesting thoughts about it. Did not seem that it, it was accurate for them um, mm-hmm. figuring out campers' faces. But they have a program where they, you can buy for, I think it's like $60, 15 photos where you are promised 15 photos of your camper in a high action shot where they are like, you know, full, it's them. Like it's not other people in the photo, fully focused. and. I mean, they were roughly counting the numbers the other day, and they told me they brought in over $26,000. Wow. With that, because 60% of the camp signs up for that. They have about 300 campers per session. Um, So, I mean, you can make money from it. Doesn't mean you have to make money from it. Uh, Doesn't mean that's your philosophy. Right. But, and, you know, they're still giving photos for free, but they made a huge amount of money. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, One thing that I do like, 
about with uh, Waldo, they can do the, the high, high, excuse me, high res download, uh, you know, for free, but it also has the links for Facebook and, uh, what I call Insta idiot where it, they can <laughs> send it out there. But you know, now you have your parents acting as reps for your camp, promoting it through social media and they can do that with one click. And that's just very convenient. Um, yeah, I, um, our smoke mug is the exact same kind as what Darby was saying. Um, they can right click and save as, and we explain that to them on our site. And then if they, they, but they don't, we don't have a, we don't charge a, um, set cost like the $45 she mentioned we we they can pay by the photo um okay. if they wanted to the, for the high res um yeah i think that was that's the answer to that yeah no i appreciate that it's 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 awesome to see how far this whole um conversation has even gotten just living in today's uh day and age i remember when i was a camper basically you didn't see any photos the whole week and then at the end you have this option to buy this little cd um for you know i think it was like 30 40 bucks and then you just had to hope that you were in at least one of the photos and uh it was just kind of like a gamble like that so it's cool that uh, each of you uh have a more robust system for that so that's cool so kind of switching gears here again um from your experiences how do the campers themselves feel about facial recognition technology or um, maybe the lack thereof if you don't use them? Um, do they care and do they benefit from the technology? We've got a girls camp. They see a camera, they go, most of them try to jump in front. Um, so I, they don't care about facial recognition. They just do their stuff. And like I said, you get some that will jump out in front and I'll typically, you know, we'll, if I'm taking pictures, we'll, and I know that person's been in 60 something pictures. I'll take it and then just delete it real quick. They never know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly how our campers feel about facial recognition. Um, since we're not using it, I think soon, uh, since more camps are the campers we get that are switching to our camp from other camps, mm -hmm. we might start to get some feedback from them that, Oh, and especially the parents, but I mean, campers maybe as well, both, you know, this is something we used to have at this camp. Why don't you have it? So right now, while most of our population is either like new, never been to camp, this is their first year or returning to us. That's, mm -hmm. I mean, and you know, there are the mixtures switch in. I, I think increasingly we'll have parents asking about it because they've seen mm -hmm. it other places. Um, and since Waldo is now becoming popular for schools to use uh, mm -hmm. and sporting events, might see an uptick and have not yet, but I'm assuming we will. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and and I guess for for Darby, you and for you and Sam, um, I guess one of the things that made me think of this question was I remember in the um, the Washington Post article it mentioned there were some girls who their parents had put that pressure on them to be in as many photos as possible because they didn't have that technology, and they they were saying their quote was a photo a day keeps mum away, um, it keeps them from sending them messages and stuff like that. So do you ever run into instances like that where you know the the kids are actively saying hey like i need my mom needs me in this photo or else i'm gonna get in trouble or whatever uh, yeah absolutely and we encourage the parents if they're not seeing their kid in a photo to email them and ask them to get in a photo okay but you'll definitely i mean i went to camp and this was a while ago but i went to camp with uh, a gal who she had to do a photo at least every day and she had a hand symbol that she would throw in every day to show her mom that she was safe 
Um, if she didn't do the hand symbol, then call camp. Um, which I think that ebbs and flows. I'm sure some people are still doing that and we have no clue. Um, it was interesting. Darby, if you want to have fun with that fun, cause it's easy to see the girls that are doing or the campers that are doing that in the pictures, edit the picture to cut the picture off right at the wrist. So they can <laughs> if you, if it's that obvious, go ahead and have fun with it and enjoy it. That's great. <laughs> Sam, what kind of feedback did you, might you get from uh, the oh. campers themselves on that? I yeah, I don't. I've not heard. Um, for you know, the, I wouldn't know what if what if the campers had any opinion on it. Our campers are really active on our Instagram um, and have a lot of opinions about every photo that come out, and almost all positive. Uh, but really, the only the people who who have any kind of care about our process of taking photos and that kind of thing during camp season, our parents and our, our counselors, mm -hmm. um, our, mm -hmm. our, the counselors are worse than the campers about jumping in front of the photos because, uh, they're, I don't know. I don't know if maybe yeah. 18 to 21 is just a little bit more vain, but, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and it's fun. It's, it's kind of a joke at Tecumseh because we can actually like, you know, sort of take it easy. Like, <laughs> Put yeah. something in front of your campers. Uh, but, yeah, I have no idea what the campers would be feeling about it. Okay. Well, so you mentioned that they're they're active, very active on Instagram. Are they allowed um, to have their phones uh, on them throughout the week at camp? Oh, no. No, okay. no. Yeah, no. So it's something no, they that fall, they I mean, visit afterwards? Throughout the year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every Saturday we get probably 50 to 70 new followers. Um and it just grows, you know, by a lot because they get their phones back and haven't, you know, they're like those are probably the newer, newer campers um, or new to Instagram or something. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's definitely where where we interact with that age is through Instagram. Excellent. Okay, I'm glad to hear Sam say that about the counselors because that assures me that the counselors in the north are the same as the ones in the south. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It must be. Well, I would say the counselors are doing that because that's, it's right now what's so prevalent in our culture of like being on Instagram and showing where you're on Facebook. So, you know, for us, we ask them like to be in photos, not be in photos, like kind of that mixture, but not to jump in front. And they're really great about that. But then we'll make sure we get some just, because they cannot post with campers, but get some just them photos. Because we realize that's, that's why they're jumping in photos. Like they're like, Hey, look over here, put me in this photo or like, just get one of me because they, they want that content to push out to their friends. And mm -hmm. I mean, we want them to push that content out to their friends because if it looks really cool, maybe they'll come back the next year. But mm -hmm. so it's an interesting need that we're seeing more of is how can we actually get more content to our counselors during the summer? So they post it for us. I was going to say, I mean, I told my team to take take photos of staff. Uh, we need, you know, we're really fortunate at Tecumseh that we have a summer camp program that is, is just very successful right now, knock on wood, and um, we don't really have to do much to get um, people to sign up. Uh, but like every, and, and same, same kind of for getting staff, but like everyone across the country, it's getting harder to get staff every year. So this summer, I said, take photos of staff. And, uh, you know, for that reason, one that you're talking about, Darby, is they want to put this on their Instagrams. And so do I. I want them to as well. Plus, um, I can use the stuff later for uh, marketing material um, for staff recruitment. Um, 
also this was our first summer there, there where there was a little bit more of a fight for staff wanting to jump in front because we told them um, that they could they can post photos on their Instagram that have campers in them as long as the photo was downloaded from our smug mug because we have a release that says that that's okay. Um, the kid, the camp, the counselors do not have a release. They don't have those same release rights to do that um, with their, like if with their phones or with their, even their own digital cameras that they bring. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there was sort of a little bit more of a fight from some of our counselors of trying to get in more photos this summer. Does anybody feel like, getting photos of not only the counselors, but the campers, does anybody ever feel like that's kind of a necessary distraction that summer camp just has to deal with? Does that make sense? The cameras or what? Right. Yeah. Like the whole idea of, you know, having um, photos throughout the week being such a big part of the marketing and also just the connection with parents. Do you think that's a necessary distraction? Something that it, while it may need to happen um, for the parents to be willing to send their kids to camp is something that might um, take away from the the camper or the counselor's experience. Um, I think that there is a distraction sometimes, but it's so minuscule and so fleeting. Um, uh, I mean, I teach, we, we try, I try to, like you know, we we have a big area, so they get they get to share a golf cart um, throughout the summer. And I tell you, don't pull the golf cart right up next to the activity, and all the kids are going to stop what they're doing and look at the golf cart speeds golf cart speeding towards them. Mm-hmm. Um, so park park far away, and you know, come up and be subtle. And plus, that's the best way to get candid photos, which are way more. Um, just a, I guess attractive is kind of a weird word, but it just like a, they're just nicer photos when they're candid. And um, right. so, yeah, the best they can do to sort of stay in the behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, I mean, even when campers stop what they're doing and they're like with their, whoever's teaching them something just so they can smile at the photo at the end of the day, it's so fast and fleeting that I don't think it's that, that uh, big of a problem. Yeah. I tell our, uh, photographers, you know, I don't want more than about 10 to 15% of the pictures each day to be what I call the sorority pics where everybody's leaned in smiling. You know, I want the action shots, catch them. I, I agree. Sam's right. The candids are the best. Parents want to see what their kids are doing. They love to see them smiling and they've made friends, but they want to see them canoeing ropes, course, horseback, you know, doing action shots. And so I, I kind of set a limit on ours of how many they can have just standing around the the friends you you want the friends pictures but not all of them yeah mm. and that's where we're a little different as a and maybe this is an all boys camp maybe it's just the culture of our camp um we have so many candid shots but then getting three of our boys to group together and like get close <laughs> enough where it's like actually a photo and not like three <laughs> people kind of standing apart from each other is like like pulling teeth and so we're we're constantly on our photographer we need some more group photos we need some more people smiling photos because those boys i mean they're in their activities when they're in their activity like their Mm -hmm. game face is on which looks cool but also if you see a lot of solo photos you're a kid or you know that that can be a challenge for us so um we almost invite a little more distraction because we we want some of those friend photos um Mm -hmm. 
but I would say, you know, it's always a slight distraction, like a camera's in your face or, a vi- you know, like hopefully not in your face, but mm-hmm. it still might be look this way one second, you know, and it's short. Um, it's, it's worth it in our opinion, or we wouldn't be doing it, but it would be nice if maybe we didn't have to do it at all. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of the, my least favorite phone call that I get is um, why is my kid not smiling in this photo? Um, you know, not that they, their kid isn't in a photo, it's that their kid's not smiling. And, you know, without it, my, what I want to say is, well, when they're going down the slide, you don't smile. And it, if you smile 24 seven, you'd be a creepy kid. Um, obviously, I would never say that to a parent. But that is that is definitely my least favorite call. Um, because we do have kind of the opposite of what Darby's saying. We have a lot of kids who just want to take group shots and we trying to not take as many group photos and want the, we want candid and action shots. Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. I think it's also worth noting the interesting dynamic we have um, in this conversation here. Cause not only do we have um, kind of all three ends of the spectrum on the facial recognition technology standpoint, but we also have one all boys camp, one all girls camp, and then a co-ed camp. So uh, each one probably I'm sure has their own dynamic kind of in the, the world of photography at camp in itself. So um, I really appreciate that. So that's cool. Um, and then kind of one last question, if I may, before we wrap things up, um, what other kinds of point of contact opportunities are there at camps, maybe besides the photos? I know the old school route is, you know, sending letters um, back and forth. Um, what kind of other things might you have? Uh, Waldo has what's called Waldograms. Okay. And Again, I was against that at the beginning. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. That's because it'll be it's harder for me to print out. And somehow there was a mistake when we got signed up and we, a couple parents de- um, did some autograms. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I- I'll go ahead and print them out in the living room. And when I print them out, looked at them, I'm like, these are really cool. And the kids, <laughs> the kids loved them. And it's basically a, an email where they get two pictures, like a post is on cardstock. It's a little bit nicer, and they get one big picture on half the half of the uh, postcard, and then another picture is posed as the stamp. They can use pictures that we've posted, or they can use pictures at home. Uh, some parents, you know, like one of the campers' dog had a, had a litter of puppies, and so they took pictures of it and had that on the Waldogram, so the kid was a, the camper was able to see that. And so it's, it's a nice, uh, a nice touch with, with the Waldo Grams. There are endless ways you could contact from camper to parent, parent to camper, like not directly, but you know, some of those, those manners that aren't just, you know, the one way, um, vid- that photo is, uh, we're, we're kind of in the, we have not gone to, um, uh, many camps like camps with camp camp minder in particular you know you your parent kind of like um the waldo grams can send an email or for them it's grams and you know we'll we print off emails we do not allow our campers to respond to them right away. like they just write home they, okay. there's no like i'm scanning in something for you and we realize that's starting to get old-fashioned um most people are starting to do like you write this letter and we'll scan it in and send it to your mom. We do that for internationals, mm-hmm. um, knowing that four weeks from now, but a lot of camps in our area are starting to go to that. And, and we're in the sense, I think Larry is saying it too. We're in the sense of, we won't want that homesick letter to get home till a week. And then they're past it. Um, mm-hmm. So in some of these ideas, like where can technology play in to 
that contact or maybe lessening the just one wayness of it, mm-hmm. we're always hesitant in that sense of there is a benefit of slowing down the communication right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that there's also other sides to it. Like if something's actually going wrong and they're only going to contact their parent, having communication right away is a good thing. So there's definitely both sides to it, but we're in the manner of slowing the contact down a little bit at the beginning. Hmm. We send them their letters. We don't hold the letters, but we just don't let them email. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Same. Um, it's pretty similar for us on the, you know, they can e- parents email through camp minder. Um, but yeah, communication is definitely limited. That's again, going back to, you know, we believe strongly that we have the trained staff to deal with homesick campers. Um, and even, you know, I know that ACA is not, you know, ACA has um, guidelines and stuff for homesickness on their website that uh, are kind of along the same lines, like give it a, give it a couple days before you make the, the, the call home about, you know, uh, for the kid to be able to call home. They, we let parents can call camp anytime they want and talk to our staff any, as much as they want um, about concerns they may have. Um, but when it comes to like that next step, we're hesitant to make that happen until we've gone through our process that's, that we've trained our staff to do. And that, and that goes with, for all communication, I guess is why I'm saying that. I was going to say, even with the, like Darby and Sam were saying, with the parents, they'll get a letter saying, you know, I got a letter saying my kid was homesick. That that letter's four days old. And they said, but the lot, you know, I've looked at all the pictures and she looks fine. And we go, you know, the letter was written, you know, the first night or so. And it's really not homesick campers. It's camper sick parents. Uh, they're the ones. You yeah. Know, see it. But um, yeah, slowing down that communication and letting, the kid adjust and start to appreciate the camp surroundings and thrive in the camp surroundings. Uh, the pictures do uh, a world of joy for the, for the parents. Cause that tells them a, a better shot of a letter that was written three days ago. And we also like Darby saying, we do a video each night, 60 seconds from skyline and the parents will look at that and a video will tell you, you know, if you can see a three second blurb of the kid going off the blob or something, that's better than a picture. And uh, those more real-time analytics are, are better than the letter. And so slowing, slowing down the letters home is good, lets the kids adjust. Yeah, but there's also, so just I was, um, I saw in a summer camp professionals Facebook group um, that there is a camp that the moment the kid asks if they can call home, they let them call home. And they actually saw, and, and I don't have the stats, I don't know, you know, how true this is, but uh they actually saw a huge decrease in the amount of homesickness right away. Mm. Like they just allowed that to happen and then they felt good and continued on. And, and I think part of that's the coaching, you know, talking to the parent maybe beforehand about the communication, but I thought that was a really cool, just totally anti what a lot of camps are and another way to do it that, you know, helps me put in perspective my, the way we do it is not the only way. Sure. Yeah, that's interesting. I, that's, that is interesting. I will say that too, that on the other end, like the vast majority, I, I could guess like 80 to 90% of our campers who are homesick in the beginning of the week are not homesick two days later um, with the way that we're doing it too. But that, yeah, the, allowing that call is an interesting thing. And I think an important part is to understand the parent's perspective too. 
our son went to a, a all boys camp. It was like a mile from here, right down the river. It's the, our brother camp that we do our dance with and everything. So we knew where he was. And his first year there, he was in some pictures for a couple of days. And then he was not in any pictures for three days. And my wife was about to go crazy. And she said, you know, no parent should go through this. You make sure you get pictures of every girl we have at camp today. So no parent we have has to go through this. And, and that's when it hit me that if it can affect us doing what we do in the camp environment every day, if, if it can make us feel that way, what is the parent who may have never gone to camp uh, or who's working out in the, the other world, the business world that has no idea what happens at camp, what are they going through? And so that was a very humbling and, and a good experience to see what it was like not to be able to see your kid for a few days because, you know, you're sure that the cabin was attacked by a bear as it caught on fire and was taken downstream in the flood. You know, you, you just jump to the worst case scenario. And so it was good for us to be humbled that way and, and to realize what it's like not to be able to see the pictures. Yeah, it, it is such a big market. I, I'm I'm slowly learning um, just the whole industry of the connection and the communication outlets between campers and parents, you know, whether it be my camp app or Waldo or, you know, there's so many more that, you know, you can just kind of find on the internet. So um, yeah, that's awesome. Are any last thoughts or comments that anybody would like to share for the listeners? I'd like to say that, you know, you had three, like you said, three great perspectives from three different perspective camps. And, you know, each camp has to decide what's going to be best for them and their clientele. Uh, I know what works for us. Some people like Ford, some people like Chevys. You know, it's your preference, whatever's going to make you happy and your, and your clientele happy and help you run a camp successfully and help get kids, no matter where they are, get them into camps for the summer so they can get these experiences. That, that's what you got to go with, and it's just your personal preference. Absolutely. Awesome. Agreed. All right. I love it. I love it. I love how we all end on such a positive, uh, cordial note. That's beautiful. Um, so I would just like to thank each and every one of you, Darby Dame, Larry Johnson, and Sam Hurt. We just really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to uh, share your perspective. It really means a lot. Big thank you to our sponsors, My Camp App and Waldo Photos. And thank you to the listeners. This is the latest edition of the Campwire podcast hosted by the American Camp Association. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks.